Hello, and welcome to Paradox, untold stories from athletic directors with Dr. Danielle LaPointe and Dr. Dustin Smith. We have some crazy and unique stories for you, which are made possible by our sponsor, Wall of Fame. At the Wall of Fame, our mission is to bring your school's legacy to life. We transform school tributes to make it easier than ever to celebrate your whole community, showcasing your school's diverse history, proudest moments, and top role models. We understand that the true value of our Wall of Fame is in your content. Whether you are starting a new tribute or adding to an existing one, we give you all the resources you need to build an interactive experience and take your content to the next level. Speaking of next level, let's check in to see what Danielle and Dustin have for us today. Today, um, I'm really excited about our guest that we have today because we have Greg Smith from Wisconsin. How are you doing today, Greg? I'm doing good. Good. So I um, have known, I guess, Greg for over a year now, right? I started working with you um, and trying to partner up with WADA and help some ADs in Wisconsin. And um, you you are a legend in itself, as as Dustin likes to say, right? You're a former, former NIAAA board member, executive director of WADA, uh, and um, you're soon to be inducted into the NIAAA Hall of Fame. So this is all really awesome, but I also just love that when I showed up at the Wisconsin conference, you would not stop making fun of me for how I was dressed and how cold I was. <laughs> <laughs> he was just ripping me. He's like, what are you doing? Why are you dressed like it's winter? And I was like, why are you not? So... <laughs> so um you know greg has been a joy to talk to every time that i talk to him and i am really excited um to feature you this week well thank you it's going to be a, a fun time and uh, i'm looking forward to it well what we know about greg is that he is a fun time uh, it doesn't mm -hmm. matter what we're doing whether that's at a water meeting or that's at a board meeting um greg is going to bring the party to the meeting, whatever that is. Uh, and so I, I got to spend some time with Greg in a board meeting. Um, I got to witness some things that um, we don't really talk about outside of the boardroom. I mean, there's some things that happen in there that it's like Vegas. And our friend uh, Xavier will agree to this. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. But what happens in those boardrooms, they, they stay in those boardrooms to an extent. Um, and we'll let Greg defend himself. But Greg and I got to talk a little bit at the board meeting. He and Mike Mossberger, we talked about our old wrestling days. And that's something that Greg and I have in common. Um, wrestled in high school. Uh, Greg went on to wrestle in the college ranks. He and Mike both. Um, so they're, they're a little more well-versed in the wrestling scene than I am. But wrestlers are a different breed. Um, you've got to be different to just go one-on-one. -on -one. It was mono against mono. You couldn't blame anybody else. The quarterback didn't throw me the ball or... Uh, the lineman didn't block or the shortstop made an error, whatever. It's one-on-one -on -one in wrestling. And so it's just one against another. Um, what I'm thankful for is we're not wrestling today. We're just going to have some <laughs> conversation with Greg and we're going to be able to talk about, um, just get to know him. And what I like to ask people, Greg, is this simple question to start. Tell us what the resume doesn't tell us. We can talk about how you're a Hall of Famer. We can talk about your board time. We can talk about WADA. But what makes Greg Smith, Greg Smith, outside of the athletic administrative role? Well, I think, uh, you know, when, when we leave the board, we always go around the table and we talk about um, what our experience has been. And, and most of the people always talk about that the service on the board was the pinnacle of their career. And I apologize to the board. You heard it. Um, because I, I really can't say that the service on the board was the pinnacle of my career because I've had I've had two or three um, things that I'm really proud of. Um, uh, the first thing I think, other than my service to the NIAAA and WADA, would be um, I spent 27 and a half years in the United States Army Reserve and National Guard. Um, retired as a lieutenant colonel. and. Uh, um, had the opportunity to command a battalion where we actually trained uh, basic combat training skills to young soldiers, men and women alike. And, uh, you know, I've received some letters from some of those uh, 
um, men and women who've been uh, deployed to Afghanistan and Kosovo and other places around the world. And, and it's, uh, it's sort of heartwarming to know that you've done something to prepare them for what they're going to face uh, wherever they go in, in this world, defending our, our freedom and, and what we do. And so that would be uh, one thing that's probably not jumping out at people on my resume. And the second thing is is what we do for kids. I mean, all the athletic administrators are the same, but uh, um, I think, you know, what we do and how we do it uh, uh, is a lot of times overlooked in our communities. And And I had a school board uh, uh, friend of mine that said, you know, I get 10 calls, nine of them are about athletics, either you or your coaches or your policies or whatever's going on. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't understand that, that, uh, that a lot of the things that we do and how we do it are, uh, are right out there for God and everybody to question how we do it and when we do it. And, and, uh, but I think the successes that uh, we had when I was out in Hermiston, Oregon, and, uh, and then up in West Appear, uh, uh, speak for themselves. But again, it's a testament to all ADs across the country. Well, I want to I want to tell you first of all, thank you for your service and um, yeah. <laughs> I, the amount of reverence that that boardroom had in that one meeting um, that I was a part of with you uh, for what you've done and how you've impacted our country and how you've prepared people, as you said, um, to to go to go protect our freedom. Uh, and and I I want to just tell you thank you sincerely thank you for what you've done and 27 years man that's a long time to to be committed to that and to to contribute that much of your life to that part of our freedom uh, and so I want to tell you thank you first and foremost for that um, but secondly you you mentioned a, a statement about um, not saying that it was the pinnacle of your career because you've had multiple pinnacles if that's the case. Um, and, and that's a really cool thing to be able to look back and say, especially as somebody who's going into the hall of fame. And I know the questions that are going to be asked. I know you get to record yourself or they record you um, talking about just what that means to you. Um, but I want to thank you also from a person in this profession. Thank you for your service to our profession and help make our profession better. And um, so with, with the pleasantries aside, um, I know that some people have come at you with gloves off and have been able to make some comments towards you. I want to give you a chance to defend yourself. But before we get to that, what I like to say is paint on the map for those who are geographically challenged where you are. Maybe not physically now because you're down in Arizona enjoying the warmth of Arizona. But paint on the paint on the map for people who may not know where you spent time as an athletic administrator. Well, I... I uh... When I first got into education, this, this is sort of an interesting story in itself. Um, my wife was uh, promoted to a general manager's position with the country's uh, largest coal storage, public storage company. And that happened to involve a transfer to Burlington, Washington. And so we went out there and she said, if we're going to go out there, the only way I'm going to go out there is, is you're going to do what you've always wanted to do, and that's teach and coach. So I got out there, and I, I got my teaching license and went down to the ESD and and went in and, and talked to a secretary, and she gave me a list of all of the uh, school districts in that part of, of the state of Washington. And the first name on the list was the Bellingham School District, and Dr. Lee Olson. And I asked her, I said, well, so do you know this guy? And she goes, no, he's brand new. And I thought, couldn't be. So I went home. It happened to be during the lunch hour. I dialed the number and this guy picks up the phone. And I said, could I speak to Dr. Olson, please? And he said, well, speaking. And I said, Dr. Olson, I said, did you come from Wisconsin? And he goes, yes, I did. And I went, oh, my goodness. He was my junior high school principal. He was my high school principal, 
by the time I was a senior and graduating, he was a superintendent, handed me my diploma. And I said to him, Dr. Olson, this is Greg Smith. And he stopped and he said, short, curly-haired wrestler. <laughs> and, well, and yeah. I was gonna say I didn't know you had curly hair. <laughs> but uh, the next week I had a job uh, uh, teaching in in Bellingham, Washington. So, you know, when people say that, uh, you know, it's not what you know, it's who you know. Sometimes that's absolutely a fact, and uh, um, so. That that was huge, and but anyway, um, a couple of years later, we moved to uh, Hermiston, Oregon. Another transfer with Karen, and uh, I became involved with the uh, 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 high school there as a as a industrial arts teacher. Moved into uh, uh, athletic administration after coaching football and wrestling and baseball and softball and and. Uh, so I was an AD out there for 18 years, I guess. Um, and in 2003, I was selected as the Oregon uh, State Athletic Director of the Year, which coincided with Karen saying she was going to retire. So I said, well, we're going home. And uh, ended up in De Pere, Wisconsin, uh, at the West De Pere School District, uh, working for a wonderful guy by the name of Lanny Tobaldo and uh, uh, finished my, my athletic career there. <clears throat> so now you get to, now we've known a couple of things. One, you're not curly headed anymore. <laughs> um, and I guess, I guess you made enough of an impression on Dr. Olson that he said, not only did he know who you are, but he offered you a position or you were working there. Um, and that, we have him to blame. I mean, him to thank for your your tenure and getting you into education. So, what what I like to, I mean, one of the great comments that you that you made is just sometimes it's who you know, um, and you were you were fortunate to get into that. And you think about getting into this um, this AD role now, and you look back on it, and this um, I don't want to call it the pinnacle because then I the hall of fame is, is truly a special and elite group that you get to be part of, but you look back and you think people like a Dr. Olson who, who gave you a chance, who gave you a start. Um, obviously your wife who was supportive and saying maybe he was supportive or kicking the pants and said, you're going to do this. Uh, <laughs> but um, whatever that case may be started you on this journey. And now here you are all these years later being able to look back and say, man, these people, not just did I know them, but they were able to impact me and be part of who I am. And they've helped shape me into the person I am today. So um, Dr. Olson obviously had a big impact on you. Um, maybe he, he was done. Maybe he didn't get completely get you trained throughout junior high and high school. Uh, he just had to come back in the educational profession and say, yeah, we got to get him. You got to beat the rest of this out of him and get him in here where he can be um, part of what we're doing. But it's interesting the the story that we have and the impact people have and how full circle did that come with somebody who was junior high principal all of a sudden became a boss for you just calling out of the blue yeah yeah it's uh, it's amazing you know and and the other part of that story i would tell you you know everybody has the goal and they want to be the big football star and everything else and and that's when i left high school or junior high school with him you know, I, I wanted to be a football player. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, uh, God only put me in a ninety-three pound, uh, five foot five body at that time, <laughs> and uh, uh, so. I, but I went out for football, and I was a blocking, tackling dummy for the rest of the team. But uh, <laughs> hung on to that, and uh, I was sitting around. I'll never forget this. I was sitting around the table with my dad. Uh, after football was finally over, and and I said, you know what? I said I'm going to go bowl after school. They're going to have a bowling league on Tuesday nights. And, and he looked at me and he said, you know what? He said you've been getting beat up for you know three months now in football. Why don't you go wrestle where you can beat up on guys your own size? <laughs> and uh, and by gosh, I tell you what, I thought about that. And the next day, I I uh, 
talked to the coach and went out and and as they say the rest is history and uh, but if it wouldn't have been for my dad uh, uh, directing me down that line and and going into wrestling uh, because I'll be the first one to admit you know I wasn't uh, I was too interested in uh, athletics and hunting and fishing and screwing around than I was academics and as some people would say, I wasn't the brightest tool in the drawer. <laughs> but <laughs> if, if if it wasn't uh, if it wasn't for athletics, um, I'd probably be the the highest paid fork truck driver in Monroe, Wisconsin, at the Swiss Colony. So, uh, <laughs> so I can tell you that uh, athletics uh, has has been my entire life. Well, sometimes. Most of the time in wrestling, they put you in your weight class, but I have seen you compete up. You have wrestled up in weight classes that were far above you, um, at least I, one I witnessed. Um, oh, you know, there's no question about that. You know, Mossbrooker, he keeps he keeps bragging that he won a state title. Well, I'm 1-0 against Mossbrooker, <laughs> and, uh, you know, he can say what he wants, but I got witnesses that, uh, that I won that match. <laughs> and you know, and it was a little bit of an ambush. I will be the first one to admit that. But you know what? I've I've had people that have ambushed me too. And you know what, Mike, you got to roll with the punches. You know, yeah. you're uh, you know, the old head on the swivel. You just got <laughs> to know right. what's around you. Know your know what's around you. <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, we've all seen those people. If you wrestled, you know we. We got those people that try these fancy things where they get down on the mat. They do well. He got down on the mat, and that cost him. So yeah, <laughs> we we had a signal when I was when I was wrestling. We were the we called ourselves the little people. We had this little hook that we did with our pinky. And we said, "You little people unite," and that was kind of our message to one another that we go take on a heavyweight. But there'd be a pack of us. It wouldn't just be one. There'd be a pack of us, and so somebody would throw up that little pinky finger and off we'd go we'd go find out whoever they were trying to take out and so um i can tell you from a firsthand eyewitness to that situation the quickness in which greg cleared the table and was able to to claim victory was uh was probably uh record setting if guinness would have been there we may have had a new guinness world record for just how quickly he cleared that table uh, but he saw his opportunity and he pounced. You know, I I just got to say, if 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 Mike is not watching this, you guys got to make sure you send him a copy of this. <laughs> I I just know that when Dustin told me about it, I was like, he didn't he didn't clear the t- he didn't jump over the table. He's like, yeah, he did. He's like, yeah, he did. I there was like, no oh, question. No. <laughs> and what's crazy is Mike had gone under the table. I mean, he crawled under the table to get there to plug in. I mean, he was trying to do a service to everybody else. And he was plugging in computer um, power cords. And he was there just, I mean, he obviously wasn't aware of his surroundings. And he didn't know that here came Greg. And Greg cleared that table quickly. And I think it caught a lot of people by surprise. Um, Even people that have been in that boardroom for a number of years with Greg. We're caught off guard by the uh, calculated attack. <laughs> That's what I'll call it—a calculated attack. But uh, we had some we had some great laughs. Um, it took a while for us to 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 get order back into the boardroom because people were laughing uh, at what what had transpired. But man, Greg, I love your energy. I love the the fun that you bring to the situation. And, and sometimes in our profession, that's why we created this podcast. Basically, it's just to have fun. Because um, yeah, yeah. our, our jobs are, are hectic. They're long hours. They involve a lot of stress. No other profession do I know of that we let people who don't have a degree in coaching or have any training in coaching or have experience. a say in who our coaches are or have yeah. a say in what our coaches do. Um, like or what, what we do, we do. I was saying, or what 80s do or what how they operate and, and yeah 
no, that's a whole that's a whole nother podcast in itself, Dustin. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Start I know. another yep. one for that conversation. <laughs> but I say that to say we we try to have fun, and that's part of this discussion, just to have mm-hmm. a conversation, have some fun, laugh at some stories, laugh at some situations that may have not have been funny in the moment. But you look back on them and think, man, did that really just happen? And part of us of what we're trying to do and what I appreciate about Greg is Greg brings laughter to the situation. And and I understand there's times to be serious and there's times you've really got to buckle up the boots and say, OK, we're going to attack this and we're going to solve this issue. But there's also a need in our profession to laugh and to enjoy what we're doing because of the long hours, because of the amount of stress, because of the second guessing and the armchair quarterbacks. And so when Danielle called me and asked me, Hey, would you, would you be interested in doing this podcast? I jumped all over it. Cause I think that's fun. It's fun <laughs> to have a conversation, but we need to laugh and we need to enjoy what we're doing because we put way too much time into it, not to enjoy it. So Danielle's favorite part is just when we get into the stories Yep. Uh, my favorite part is just having conversations and just seeing what other people are dealing with. And sometimes it's to laugh at your expense. Sometimes it's to laugh with you. Um, but we love the opportunity just to have conversations about stories that you've encountered. And I know a Hall of Fame career, you've had to have some opportunities and some stories that have happened that you're just like, are you kidding me? That happened. <laughs> so I'm excited to to explore what stories you may have for us today. So start us off with one, brother. Well, I you know I got to finish the uh, you know you talk about calculated attacks. Uh, <laughs> in, you know Tony Fisher, he's on the board. He's out of Minneapolis, and he comes down there, and he is the self-proclaimed pool shark of the board. <laughs> <clears throat> well, Greggy Boy cleans him up. And and then and then he has to go and get tall because you know he can't beat me alone. So he goes and gets tall, and and unfortunately I get stuck with Xavier on my team. <laughs> and uh, you know Xavier is is a proven loser because when we first went to our first board social thing, we played shut the box, and again I got stuck with Xavier. And I, I don't know whether he, he he can't add or what the problem is, but we shake those dice and you know how shut the box works. Well, we got whooped. And I mean, there was no, it, it was terrible. And you know what? I, I think I've got probably two shut the box games now and, and stuff like that from people. And, and it's all because of him. <laughs> if I'd had somebody who could add and subtract, I would have been in much better shape. <laughs> but what but, uh, but you did say is Tony has come on here and told us how much he practices billiards and how he's 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 told us his routine, how he gets up early and practices. Um, but you're telling us on the record that you whooped him in billiards. Oh, you know what? <laughs> and and he he will admit that because you know he just you know he's from Minnesota. You know what does that tell you? You know uh, <laughs> you know why the NFL won't give Iowa a franchise, don't you? Because if they did, yeah. Minnesota and Illinois would want one. <laughs> 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 and Tony is a trader. You know, he was in Wisconsin for a while, but he but he couldn't cut it here, so we shipped him across the line to Minnesota. <laughs> and uh but but uh, uh, he's a great guy and so is Xavier when he's asleep. Um <laughs> but I I really I really enjoyed uh, those guys. I enjoyed my whole experience on the board. And, and uh, you know, and I've known Tall since, uh, holy mackerel, we go back to when we were on the certification committee. And and uh, he's going to be a, a great leader of this organization, of the NIAAA here in a, in a couple of years. And uh, um, just, just a great experience. And, Dustin, you're going to enjoy the heck out of it. And, um, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta, with the last name that you have, you need to pick up the slack. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm prepared. I know. Um, I've already prepared. I've, I've fired some shots at X, not quite to the level that you have. Um, 
but I don't have the seasoned veteran look that you have with X. So um, I, I know that they, there's some excitement, and X is rolling off the board this year, so I only get one year to really kind of get my shots in with him. But I will do my best to carry the baton well um, and try to live up to the last name that preceded me. Um, yeah. So we've got that. But, man, let's talk some stories. Uh, we can talk about X. We can talk about Tony. But I don't want to waste your time worrying about those guys. I want to be able to tell some stories <laughs> from Greg's perspective of things that happened to him. Well, I tell you what, uh, when you're in athletic administration, uh, and before that, I spent a couple of years in, uh, as the assistant principal for discipline and, and, uh, and a couple of years before that for curriculum and instruction. And I thought when I was going to get into athletics that, you know, this is great. This is what got me to where I'm at. I'm going to be dealing with the best kids. The, what I thought was going to be the best parents, um, and oh my goodness, um, I never had as much conflict and and uh, stuff as dealing with parents of athletes than I did with the parents of of some of our discipline problems uh, in high school, and probably some of that is because maybe those parents know what their kid's demeanor and and level is. Um, but you, you would think that, that uh, student-athlete parents would be a little bit, uh, you know. But I'll tell you what, a couple of great stories, though. I, I got to tell you, we had uh, a, a pretty good football team in Hermiston, Oregon. And so we're... We're sitting there now, it's basketball season, and we're sitting there in the gym, and the principal's sitting right next to me, <clears throat> and uh, the music is playing and everything, and this woman comes walking up, she sits down next to us, and she goes, do you know what that music is saying? I looked at Dave Ego, and he looks at me, and I go, nope, I don't. Because <laughs> it was, unfortunately, it was rap, and... We we all know that some of the rap stuff gets a little over the top. We looked at each other. And we said, we have no idea. And so she proceeded, because obviously she'd been listening to this stuff a lot more than we had. She laid it out exactly what was being said. And we go, oops. <laughs> so we had to run over there and get that stuff <laughs> off. And I put out a, a mandate the next day to the, all of our teams in the winter sports i said no more rap in the gym because we got in trouble last night for what was going on and that was not a good thing. But, um, so in the same season we're sitting there and one of our football players had been um had his acl taken out by a kid with an illegal um tackle well, he's over on the other side of the gym, and this kid who took him out is running by. Well, he's got his crutches. He, he whacks the kid as he goes by in warm-ups. Oh, I thought we were going to have a riot. So the principal and I, we go running across the floor, and we're diving in, separating kids, and, oh, it was a mess. But luckily nobody got hurt. Uh, um, but. I tell you what, that's uh, that was a situation where, you know, maybe paybacks were a little bit deserved, but <laughs> that, uh, you know, yeah, so that, that was sort of wild. But, uh, anyway, um, so uh, along the same vein with 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 my principal, you know, he was a fiery basketball coach. He was a redhead, and and. Uh, He'd been ejected out of several games as a, as a basketball coach before I got there. And uh, I get a letter from the uh, Coaches Association, and they said, uh, you're the athletic director. We cannot have Mr. Ego in the gymnasium anymore because he's yelling at the officials to the point where they want him out. And I said, well, please don't eject him. I said, how embarrassing would that be if you got to throw the principal out of the, out of the gymnasium <laughs> when I'm sitting there? So I told 
I went in and I told him, I said, Dave, I said, I made the coaches or the officials association a promise. You got to sit in the third row or higher and you got to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> um, <clears throat> he, he's, he's, he looked at me and he said, I'll sit in the third row or higher and that's it. <laughs> <laughs> the mouth shut wasn't going to happen, huh? <laughs> the mouth shut wasn't going to happen. So then I had to sit with him. That was the deal that they came back with. Well, then you got to sit with him and make sure that he doesn't get carried away. So, but uh, Dave was a great guy. Um, you know, he, he came out of athletics like I did. And uh, what's critical to us in athletic administration is having administrators, principals, superintendents. I won't go as far high up as school board, but you know, you got to have uh, those kinds of people who know what we do and why we do it and how we do it and know that they have our backs because it's it's critically important um, in this day and age. And unfortunately, we're seeing more and more administrators who uh, don't have that experience. And that's... Uh, that, that becomes a double challenge then for the athletic administrator. Not only does he have to deal with the coaches and the kids and the parents, but now he's got to try to educate and get a non-athletic backgrounded principal or superintendent to understand how things work. And that becomes a challenge in itself. Well, let's talk about you having to sit by the principal. Um, <laughs> babysit and- him. Yeah, what were those? What were those conversations like during the game? Because I'm sure he didn't agree with every call. Oh, what, what was that conversation like? And did, did you have some kind of code that you'd punch him on the leg or you'd do something to make sure that he wouldn't say that too loud? I tell you what, and and, and you know, you hit it right in the head. Dave, Dave was one of these administrators that uh, you know, if a kid was being overly obnoxious, he'd put his hands on him. And and I, I seen him in action a couple of different times and nothing to the point where, you know, he, he was going to get too much trouble. But, uh, yeah, so we, we would be sitting there and, oh, boy, that red hair would just be on fire. <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, I thought a couple of times about a gag. But, uh, I, I again, I didn't want to embarrass the, the principal. <laughs> you know what, though? He might be like the smartest administrator ever. He just sits there and mouths off. So you never want him to be the admin on duty. This was a reverse psychology is what he was doing. <laughs> no, you go home while I take care of this game. <laughs> you know, you know, I never thought of it that way. You know, he was smart like that too. He, he may have, uh, that may have been one of his tacks. Uh, I tell you what, he's uh but uh, yeah, Dave was, uh, was a good one. I never had to worry at football games or whatever, I could stay at one end and knew he was at the other end. Another Dave Ego story, uh, we're at Pendleton, Oregon. Out of 70-some years, we had beat them once, and we had tied them once. That's it. And so I got there, and we hired a good coach, and we had a good crop of kids. Well, we're going to beat them for the second time in history. We're at their place, and I hear some rumblings about that they're going to tear the goalposts down. So I go over and I whisper in Dave's ear. I said, hey, I said, let's just get, get a little closer to the field. Well, <laughs> the game ends. We win. Here comes 400 kids running toward that goalpost, and Dave and I are sitting there. It's like being, I know what cowboys feel like when they're standing there and get in front of a cattle stampede. Stampede coming at you. <laughs> because, boy, I tell you what, they were coming, and they only had one thing in mind, and that was ripping out their goalpost. Luckily, uh, between Dave and I, they, they must have figured out that, well, we might get away with this, but they're going to have us tomorrow. So they, they, they got right around us and we ended up having sort of a jump around deal like Wisconsin people do. But, um, uh, that, that could have been 
That could have been something. They could have thrown us out of the way and ripped those goalposts out. Not that Pendleton wouldn't have deserved it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a that's pretty awesome. I mean, two of you were able to stop that many kids. I mean, that's a that's oh. a point where you're almost like, what do you do about that situation? And yeah, you know, we uh, out in the Intermountain Conference, we traveled. In some cases, we had to travel four and a half hours one way to compete. Um, half of our conference was down in Central Oregon, so it was uh, like I said, four four and a half hour bus ride down there. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> and uh, so we we traveled really well, the kids, because it was sort of like an overnight adventure, and. Uh, so the kids would follow our teams very well, which was good for our athletes. Um, but on the discipline side, um, it created more of an issue because um, normally I would be the only administrator there. And we'd have a couple hundred kids that would either drive their own cars or get on uh, fan buses. And and uh, that that becomes a whole other situation. and. Um, you know, there's there's a whole bunch of stories in in that regard too, but I couldn't repeat those on air um, about <laughs> <clears throat> what kids can do on on a bus when it's a four hour trip in the middle of the night. Um, but you might be able to guess what, you might be able to guess what some of those <laughs> issues might be. Um, and then, of course, we had to stop halfway and. Kids were becoming more creative as far as what they would do with the, you know, they would take a Mountain Dew bottle and fill it up with things other than Mountain Dew. And, you know, <laughs> back back at that time, we weren't smart enough to conduct sniff tests or anything like that. Oh, my God. That sounds like such a nightmare. <laughs> oh, it was. It was. You know, and on that same on that same line, another funny story. So we had a, uh, I had a Division One uh, girls soccer player, and uh, uh, she was being well. Actually, had a, a scholarship offer in hand, and uh, you know, being an administrator, you know, you get stuck uh, supervising some dances and things like that after game dances. And well, we had a, what was called a, a snowball. Um, S-N-O hyphen ball and we were there and uh, unfortunately for this one somehow I think I had a home game or something but anyway I got out of it and the principal was there and our school resource officer and this D1 scholarship offered student athlete uh, comes in and the police resource officer sort of goes well there's something wrong here and so he Calls her over, and sure enough, he said, "We better, uh, you better come with me." We they administered a breathalyzer, and she blows a point eight. Well, and that's was in the going into the spring when girls soccer is starting. Well, guess what? Now my Division One scholarship girl is going to have to be suspended. So mom and daddy show up, and the principal calls me up because they want to talk to him because he was there. And I, I wasn't. So he drags me into the whole fray. <laughs> and I'm, I'm up there, and they're sitting there. And, and she was not in the room at the time. And <laughs> they, they proceed to tell the principal and I that she was in that condition because of the cough syrup that she was taking. Well, I start to laugh. And principal, the principal sort of glares over at me, and I couldn't stop myself. So I said, "Well, exactly, exactly what kind of cough medicine is that?" Because I said, "I think I got cough coming on." Well, they didn't think that was funny. Now I got the principal laughing, and uh, and, and, and here I got a suspender for half the season because she was. Uh, 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 drinking coffee and, and blows a point eight on a breathalyzer test, and you know it's it's just 
you know, you wonder what kids are thinking and, and, uh, you know, it's, it's never, it's never an easy task as, as an athletic director, you know, as I mentioned before, I was a disciplined VP for a couple of years and, you know, those kids, they, they, they fold like a cheap tent when they come in and they, you ask them something, they said, yeah, I did it. I did. <laughs> well, athletes are a little bit more sensitive because they know what the ramifications are. And, <clears throat> you know, unfortunately, sometimes you have to do a little more digging and, and, and talk to a few more people and, and it never ends up good. Um, <clears throat> in fact, I, I installed an, an honesty policy <clears throat> and I told them, I said, you know, if you're honest, we'll, we'll, uh, you know, we'll cut your penalty in half. But if I have to go digging, then there's going to be no grace. And, uh, you know, it was always interesting how, how some of those situations played out. Dustin, I'm sure you've had several of those as well. Yeah, we, we had a coach at the collegiate level that I had that would always tell kids when he'd have these discussions with them, he says, I'm going to ask you 10 questions. I know the answer to seven of the 10 questions and just leave it on the kids to figure out which, you know, whether they're taking a gamble and saying, does he know the answer to this one or, and that was his way of getting the truth out of those kids because he didn't tell them which seven he knew. He was just going to ask him most of the mm -hmm. time they came in. Okay, coach, I did it. This is what I've done. And he may not have known any of the 10 questions answers, but he just told them that he knew seven of the 10 and that, that forced them to be honest. Um, but I want to, I want to go back to your statement about being a goalie, if you will, of protecting the field goal posts. Um, and you mentioned earlier that you were not blessed with a whole lot of size. You're not a tall individual, <laughs> But for you to be able to defend the goalposts like you did, um, you just kind of brushed past it like it was no big deal. But when you kept that many kids away from the goalposts, goalposts are much bigger than you are. The kids were much greater than you as far as in number. How did you do that successfully? Wait, I'm, well, I'm envisioning him, though, like in his wrestling like starting pose <laughs> as the kids are coming at him. Like That's like my, my vision of how this is going down. <laughs> um, no, actually, it was just, don't you do it? <laughs> you know, well, and as long as you bring that up. So my first year in uh, in education, we had a, a big, tall lineman kid that was, he, he was a problem child. And he was in my industrial arts class, and, and uh, he was a problem there as well. And we were just getting ready to start the wrestling season, and I was wrestling coach. And I said, tell you what, wise guy, I said, why don't you come down to the gym tonight, try out for wrestling? And I said, you can have a crack at old Mr. Smith on the wrestling mat. It'll be legal. Well, his eyes lit up. <clears throat> well, unbeknownst to me, he must have went around school telling everybody what was going to happen. And so that night, uh, <laughs> I walk into the to the gym to start practice, and he's there in the middle of the mat waiting, like it, you know, like some kids do when they're going to have a fist fight in high school, you know. Well, there must have been three hundred people in that gymnasium waiting to see what was going to happen. <laughs> well, that kid made a big mistake because I, <laughs> either either he didn't. Either he didn't know that I was a four-year college letterman in wrestling or what, but it took about 10 seconds, and he oh. was on his back in a cradle. And I sort of made it a little painful, Dustin, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. And, he, and he's out there screaming like a little girl. Going, ah! <laughs> well, and you could have heard a pin drop in that gymnasium with 300 plus kids in there. And, oh, there was probably a half a dozen or a dozen uh, faculty members in there. So he'd been shooting his mouth off all day. And so, after that, he was a model student. <laughs> <laughs> I never well, had this no problems with him. 
this also explains why the kids saw you standing in front of the goalpost and backed away. That that <laughs> is a precursor to that as well. So that that explains a lot. Well, you talked you, about he didn't make a very wise decision. Was it equivalent of you being paired with Xavier as not a wise decision? <laughs> well, that would have been a, not a wise decision on Xavier's part. You know, <laughs> I sort of volunteered to take him under my wing, you know, a little bit. <clears throat> but as I told you earlier, he's just a slow learner. <clears throat> but I, I, I tried to nurture him as well as I could. But maybe if you talk French to him, he would know. Well, you know, he, 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 you know, I've had some students who've tried that, you know, like Spanish or whatever. And they, you know, they can say things that I don't understand. Well, he would do that in French. So <laughs> I really don't know what he was talking about, but knowing Xavier probably wasn't good. Right. <laughs> I mean, you you have touched on so many different stories, and I think they're so relatable to so many 80s out there. People are going to be able to relate to all of these. I mean, even your soccer player, <laughs> we laugh about the cough syrup, but I think every 80 has had a situation where – the parents come in and say like something so outlandish, you have to laugh, right? I, I once had a parents come in and we had pictures of kids playing beer pong. Okay, there's beer all over the table. Um, there's cups, they have red cups in their hand, the red solo cups, they're dressed as beer, it's Halloween, so they're dressed as, as as beer. There's there's lines of beer on the on both sides of the table. But the parents insist since we couldn't see what was in the cups that it was a water pond. They were playing water pong with all of the beer tables everywhere and they're dressed as beer. But this is water pong and we can't prove what's in the cup. And I'm just sitting there like, is this a real conversation we are having right now? Like, I didn't say that, but I'm like, this is insane that this is what I'm doing right now. Like, how is this even plausible? So it, it, I think that you really can... It doesn't make a difference what state you're in or whether it was 20 years ago or yesterday, you can really relate to some of this stuff. And though some of those issues are, are still there and they're going to continue to be there. We had some, uh, <clears throat> we had a guilt by association rule. And, uh, you know, we told kids, hey, you, you never know what's behind a closed door. But if you get there and there's alcohol, or if there's drugs there, you need to leave. And, <clears throat> you know, I had one parent that came in and and said that her son who stayed there all night, um, well, he had no idea because he was upstairs and all the beer and everything was downstairs. And I looked at her and I said, do you realize that when we're done with this conversation, somebody's going to walk by and see you in my office and it's going to be down to the other end of this building by the end of the next period. And you know, that some parents don't understand, you know, that, hey, we just didn't fall off a turnip truck here. Right. Um, <clears throat> uh, so it makes it it makes it difficult. The other right. advantage, and I know we just had a shooting in Nashville, <clears throat> but I tell you, an, another good addition uh, that, that's come about in my educational career has been a school resource officer. And especially in athletics, um, you know, we've all got stories of the the rowdy kid or crowd or visiting situation. But, uh, you know, I've had some situations where we've had parents there. And, and one of the funny ones was uh, we were in a volleyball match. And this guy, he's up there and he's just being obnoxious. And. I'm standing over by the door and I'm looking at him and he looks at me going, and he goes like this. Well, I just sort of laughed at him and he, he kept going. And finally I just walked across, got my school resource officer. And I went, that guy right there. He walked up. He says, we can do this the easy way or we can do this the hard way. <laughs> and I'll tell you what, the, the the crowd, even some of his own adults uh, from the visiting side were applauding the fact that we booted him out of the gymnasium. But, you know, I, I think having uh, school resource officers there 
has been an advantage for us. Um, and hopefully, um, you know, I, I would hope anyway that someday we're going to see some of this stuff go away that we witnessed again yesterday in Nashville. And, um, and I, but I think school resource officers really have a key place, especially for athletic administrators to help us maintain some order and, and decorum in, in what we do. I can agree with you more. I knew I knew when we scheduled Greg that we'd have some laughs. We'd have some we'd have some instructional time as well, um, and a different perspective and a different lens. And man, Greg, you've sure delivered. I, I appreciate the opportunity to just have a conversation and let you go, let you tell the stories and things that you you've experienced in your time and how you've provided some valuable takeaways for our people that are listening. I'm pretty sure that once this airs, you may get a phone call or two from some current board <laughs> members Xavier. that may be trying to defend themselves. <laughs> um, but I look forward to when we're in Orlando and we get to see you rightfully inducted into the Hall of Fame and, and the celebration that will happen. And and I know those guys that you've given a hard time to um, are proud and excited for you and the opportunity for them to honor you and us to honor you for our profession. Um, so I appreciate you jumping on here. I appreciate the laughter. I appreciate the bar that has been set that I have to live up to. And I'm going <laughs> to do my best to try to be as, as close to Greg Smith as I can. Well, I love all those guys and uh, even Xavier and Mossy, you know, they're, they're, you know, I love them too. So, so hey, Dustin, like I said, you've got, you've got, you've got to step in there now and, and pick up the torch. <laughs> I'm going to do my best, brother. Danielle, it's been a pleasure. Yep. Every time I talk to you, it's so enjoyable and you make me laugh. So I am, I, uh, you did not disappoint today and I'm glad that you've got to share some of the experience with these across the country. So Thank you so much for being here today and congratulations on your uh, induction to the Hall of Fame and we will celebrate when we're in Orlando. Sounds good. If you ever need uh, a fill-in, give me a call. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. Thanks, Greg. That wraps up this episode. Thank you for listening and thank you to our sponsor, Wall of Fame, who excels at telling your school stories and supports us in telling ours. Check out the description of this episode for a link to receive a discount on all Wall of Fame products. We are looking forward to the next story and hope you are too.